Please pray for me in this month. We have different words that we're going to be speaking on these four Sundays that we have. And uh, this is the first one that God brought me to, this word of surrender. If you notice in our text, and we're going to look through it here in just a moment, we notice several words that stand out to me. Uh, The first one is the word servants, servants. If you look with me, you see it there in verse number uh, 16, 17, 18, uh, 19, 20, 22, servants, servants, each and every way. You see a yieldedness. You see a yield yourselves uh, and so forth. We're going to work our way through these verses of Scripture. This morning, the theme, though, and the idea of surrender is this challenge to yield ourselves to the right master. Slavery is a concept that is very much out of place in our world today. Slavery. Typically, when you think of slavery, you don't think of anything positive, right? It's only a negative connotation. I would agree with that in our day in which we live, that when you think of slavery, it's all a negative connotation. In fact, the majority of us here this morning, I would hope all of us here this morning, would, would, would be uh, uh, disappointed or maybe even very upset with the very thought of someone owning a slave and the sense of what we think slavery is. But I want to submit to you that slavery is alive and well. In 2022, slavery is even in this room here this morning. In fact, I would say this, that um, all of us, all of us are slaves. We're not talking in a physical sense. We're, We're speaking of a spiritual sense. And I believe Paul tells us that. In our text here this morning, that we continue his discussion in Romans 6 of being dead in sin and being alive in Jesus Christ. In the last several verses, the verses that we read here this morning, there is contrast, there are contrasts that are presented to us, and it shows us. Once, as I said just a moment ago, that we are all slaves. And we will continue to be slaves, but here is the, here's the truth that we're going to develop by God's grace and by His Word. We must be wise to pick our master. You and I have the different choice than maybe people in the past did. We are choosing who our master is going to be. And by the way, it even goes beyond, I believe the book of Romans was written to the Roman Christians, so this isn't just a matter of getting saved, this is a matter of living our lives every day uh, until we are called home to heaven or until Christ returns, that we make sure that we're choosing the right master. So we're going to look at several comparisons within this text in regards to yielding ourselves to the right master, being surrendered. Surrendered. First off, let's look at the verses 15 and 16, and we're going to see, number one, the choices. The choices. 
What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey? His servants ye are to whom ye obey. The choices, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. We have the privilege today to yield our members to a master. Our members is our body, referring to our body. So you and I get up every morning and we have a choice to make. Who are we going to yield to today? Who are we going to surrender to today? Do you know that the flesh is vying for you and vying for me to surrender to the flesh every morning? Do you know that throughout the day, the flesh is wanting me to yield to the flesh? You know that the flesh is wanting me to surrender to the flesh? I mean, in the flesh, it just comes back. It just comes back every day. We can have the greatest victory in all the world, and the flesh is right there on our doorstep waiting the next day and saying, okay, let's see, will you surrender to me today? Yes, you surrendered to, to, the, to the Spirit yesterday, but will you surrender to me today? And so we have that choice to yield to, the, to a, a master. The word yield means to stand as a servant. Near one's master, awaiting orders. It means to present. Get the picture with me this morning. A man is standing or a lady is standing and they are waiting for the beck and call of his master. Waiting to surrender, waiting to yield to whatever the master says. The choices. What are the choices we have as children of God? Number one, here's the first choice. We can walk in rebellion. We can walk in rebellion. We have the choice. God has given us a free will, and we, mu- we make a choice. Are we going to, letter A, walk in rebellion? Verse 15 says, What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace, God forbid. In other words, that's saying we still have the ability to sin. Even though we are born again children of God, inside you and inside me, there is, again, that flesh that is saying, do what I want, do what I want, do what I want. There is the outside world that is saying, conform to us, conform to us, conform to us. It's on television, it's on movies, it's everywhere, it's in the music of this world. Conform to us, and it's an onslaught, it's an attack. Satan himself is saying, uh, come to do what I want you to do. Do what I want you to do. And you know what? There's a choice that must be made. There's a time in our life. There's a time in every day where we must be willing not to live according to the flesh, not to live according to the world, not to listen to the enemy, but to surrender to the one who loved us and gave himself for us. But Paul says it very clearly here. God forbid. No, there is a choice there. But let us not make that choice. Let us not walk in rebellion. While many live like this and think they are free, Paul says they're not free, they're slaves. Slaves to the world, the flesh, and the devil. By the way, that's the literal meaning of the word servant in this text. The slave. The rebellious life would be any life that is lived outside of the will of God. Can you today with me examine your own life and make sure that every area of your life is within the will of God? Is there anything in your life today that anything in my life today that needs to be confessed to the Lord that is not in the will of God and praise God for his forgiveness today? And we can be forgiven if we're outside the will of God, but may we not walk outside the will of God. May we choose letter A, letter B 
to walk in righteousness. These are the choices. May we choose to walk in righteousness. So we have a choice to make. We have a choice to make today, April 3rd, 2022, to walk in the will of God. We have a choice to walk in the word of God. We have a choice today to say no to the enemy and say yes to the Lord. Turn with me quickly in your Bible, just a few pages over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, very familiar text of Scripture. May God help us today to stop yielding our members to the flesh. May God help us today to stop yielding and surrendering our members to sin. Because sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Sin is a great master, isn't it? Sin is a powerful master. I say to you this morning, be be careful what master you yield yourself to. Be careful who we surrender to. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse number 1, where God's word says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, I urge you, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You see, you think about that, uh, that body, and I'm not trying to be unkind as we've talked about even death today, but you think about the body of someone who has gone on to heaven or, or unfortunately even people that have gone on to hell, that body feels nothing. That body uh, doesn't fight back at all. And Paul is saying here, that's the way we need to, we need to uh, present ourselves as a sacrifice, only a living one. It's our reasonable service to live holy, to live acceptable unto God. You know, that's a great statement to think about when how, how we're living our life is, is this acceptable unto God? You've heard someone say, maybe you've said it, I've said it, what's wrong with this? I'm not saying it's wrong to say what's wrong with this. But how about we change that to, is this acceptable unto God? Is this book, is this movie, is this music, is this conversation, if, is this way that I'm living, is it acceptable unto God? Is the bitterness acceptable unto God? I think we know the answer, no. Is the unforgiveness acceptable unto God? I think we know the answer, no. And Paul says here, that's the way we need to live our life. How do we live our life this way? Verse 2, be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect what? Will of God. Will of God. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. As we go back to our text, that word obey. That word obey in verse 16. It means to answer a knock at the door. I submit to you that the Lord is knocking. Are we answering? I submit to you that the Lord has something for you every day of your life. He's knocking. Are we going to his word? Are we applying his word? Are we being a a, a hearer of his word and a doer of his word and not a forgetful one? Decisions concerning how we live our lives are right there. By the way, so is the enemy. The enemy is also knocking. The flesh is also knocking. Number one, quickly, let's move on. But number one, we see the choices that we have. 
Boy, I submit to you, make the right choice. Number two, we not only see the choices, but number two, we see the changes. The changes. Look at verse 17. But God be thanked. Hallelujah for God. Hallelujah for a loving Heavenly Father. Hallelujah for a, for a patient uh, uh, a patient God. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. The changes. Letter A underneath this, we see uh, our past failures. Ye were the servants of sin. Our past failures. He refers to a time before we got saved, or, or it could even be when we were saved, when we, when we are saved. Let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 2, our past failures. Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> Verse number 1. The Bible says here, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin. Past tense, right? Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. That is the system of this world. Before we were Christians, we walked according to the system of this world. So when I became a Christian and when you became a Christian, we no longer should walk in the system of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh. What did we do? Fulfilled the desires of the flesh and of the mind. When we thought about it, we did it. When we, when we craved it, we took it. When we had a desire for it, we did it. And we're by nature, verse 3, the children of wrath, even as others. We were just like the guy next to us before we got saved. You see the first two words of verse 4? I have those circled in my Bible for many reasons. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. But letter A, under these changes, as we go back to Romans chapter number 6, is our past failures. And Paul says, ye were servants of sin. We're reminded of the bondage that comes with sin. We're reminded of our lost life before the Savior. We were a slave. What were we a slave to? As I said a moment ago, our lust or our desires. What were we a slave to? The impulses that would come our way, the passions that would come our way. We were ruled by Satan. By the way, that's who's ruling every lost person today. How can people do such things? Because they're ruled by Satan. How can someone be so evil? How, I mean, some person be so evil because they're ruled by Satan. And, and we might look at someone and say, I would never do that. You'd be surprised if you continued on and you didn't know Christ. You'd be surprised what Satan could get you to do or me to do. I'm talking about if we hadn't been saved. This is past failures, right? 
That's why this world is the way that it is. Because of what we read in Ephesians chapter 2. The prince and power of the air. See, when, we, when, when lost people yield to Satan, he will take them way farther than they ever imagined they would go. Because he's, they've surrendered to him. So letter A, it talks about, he talks about our past failures. But praise God, letter B, he talks about our precious faith. Our precious faith. Look at verse number 17 once again. But ye have obeyed from the what? The heart. It's one thing to obey, but not from the heart. It's another thing to obey from the heart. We have faith first before we obey from the heart. We obeyed or answered God's knock at the door. Turn over to Revelation 3. Revelation 3. I believe God is still doing this today. Maybe in your life, you're not saved. You're on your way to hell. If you died tonight, if you died today, if you stopped breathing today, if you uh, uh, were, were in eternity this week, and uh, you, you, you re- you've rejected the message of the gospel, and you understand the gospel, and you've rejected it, uh, it's too late. It's too late. The Bible says in Revelation 3 and verse 20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, notice what Jesus says, I will come in. I will come in. If you need to be saved today, he's knocking right now and he's saying, if you'll open the door, I will come in. And not only will I come in and and, and we'll sup with him and he with me. See, he's already at the door. Think about it. He's already at the door and he's already knocking. And he's, he's wanting that lost individual to open the door up. And he's going to be right there. That door from to, that enters the heart, their heart. Salvation does not come simply from a head knowledge. It must make its way down to a conviction of the Spirit of God in the heart. And that's what I believe uh, Paul is speaking of here. You have obeyed from the heart. You didn't just obey to please man. You obeyed from the heart. Secondly, he speaks of our precious faith. Notice this idea of the word form, or this word form. You have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine. Notice the word form there. A form is speaking of a mold. Maybe you've used, and not the mold that grows. Uh, We're talking about something that you pour something into, right? Mold, that could mean several different things, couldn't it, in our great English language that we have? It's pouring a precious metal. It's pouring something into it. It's pouring even cement into it, and it's molding it. It's making it go to a certain shape or size so that when it hardens, it takes that pre-designed shape. Think about this. When you came to Christ, when I came to the Lord Jesus Christ, there was some reshaping that was going on. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. You're no longer in and conformed to the image of Satan. You're no longer conformed to the ways of the world. No, there's a reshaping that takes place. There's a total transformation that takes place uh, by the loving power of God. He changed us when we believe. Let's go to 2 Corinthians quickly. 2 Corinthians 5. 
You see, he changed something that, we really, that is not visible by man. It's not visible. Now, the byproduct of it is visible, but the character of man is not uh, visible until uh, the actions come, and then we do see the character of man. But God reshaped my character. when I got saved. Verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creation. He is, new, he is newly molded. Old things are passed away. The old mold is thrown away. We're no longer being molded in the image of the world, the flesh, and the devil. No, the new mold is there. And what is the new mold? The new mold is the righteousness of Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It's a new mold. So our past failure... He speaks of our precious faith. But then one more thing underneath number two. Notice verse 18 of of our text, Romans 6, 18. Being then made, and what's that word? Free. You see it there? Being then made free. That's a great word. Number three, underneath this, we see our present freedom. Our present freedom. You see, the past, there was no freedom at all. The past uh, is marked by the word bondage. But then comes in the faith. And from the heart, we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And we, we choose uh, the way, the truth, and the life. And what happens? Immediate freedom. Immediate freedom is ours. This verse reminds us that Jesus, what Jesus did for us was to purchase the freedom so that we don't have to be a slave to sin anymore. We don't have to say no or yes to sin. We don't have to say yes to the flesh. We don't have to say yes to the world. We can say no each and every time. Not because we're strong, but because he's all-powerful working through us to choose the right master. To surrender. Look at that word, surrender. You are surrendering. I am surrendering. Who is it to? I want to show you quickly several verses. Go with me to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5, verse number 9. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, notice, and hast redeemed us to God. This word redeemed means to buy in the marketplace. To buy in the marketplace. It literally is talking, this word redeemed is talking about going to the marketplace where there are slaves and purchasing that slave, buying that slave, and then giving them their freedom. That's exactly what was happening on that old rugged cross on the hill called Mount Calvary as Jesus Christ had his hands uh, nailed to the tree and his feet nailed to the tree. There was a transaction that was being taken place on that very gloomy day in the middle of the day, but it was a transaction that would take place that would revolutionize and change all of sinful man. He was paying the ultimate price He was making it so that we would no longer have to be a slave to sin, that we could make a choice to be a slave to righteousness. What a powerful transaction that was. And today I am free. And if you're a Christian today, you are free. 
You're free to do right. You're free to love. You're free to have a joy and peace. You're free to, uh, to, to live in this world and have victory in your life every day. But yet we still must make a choice. The head knowledge is not necessarily a heart decision. Head knowledge is good, but a heart decision is better. It's the best. It's when the head knowledge reaches down to our heart and we say, yes, I don't want to be involved in this anymore. I know it's not pleasing to God. It's not acceptable to God. Therefore, it's not acceptable to me. Turn quickly back to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, our present freedom. Yield yourselves to the right master. Yield yourselves to the right master. Look at Galatians chapter 4. And the Bible says here in verse number 4, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, verse, uh, verse 5, to redeem. To redeem. To, the word redeem in this verse carries it a little bit for, uh, uh, further, and I actually got ahead of myself. Uh, the word redeemed in Revelation was simply to buy from the marketplace the word redeem in Galatians 4 has, carries with it a little bit further meaning, and it was what I said about that one, was to buy in the marketplace and remove from sale. In other words, this, this slave has been redeemed, they've been bought, and they will never be sold again. To redeem. One more. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. We're talking about our present freedom. Oh, may God help us today not to choose to live like we're a, a slave to sin, but to choose to live like we're a slave to righteousness, to choose to live like God is our master. And by the way, he is a loving master. For God so loved the world, but God commended his love toward us. First John 4, 8, God is love. On and on, all throughout the scriptures. First Peter, please, chapter 1, verse number 18 where we read, therefore, as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. Redeemed, there it is again. But how were we redeemed? Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. This word redeemed comes from a word that means to, to loose after the payment of the ransom price. So there is, there is the to buying in the marketplace, there's to redeem. There's to buy in the marketplace and never sell again, S sell again. And then there's to buy in a marketplace, never sell again, and be set free. We have today a present freedom. Put all of these together, and we enjoy a redemption, number one, that bought us. You have been bought, if you're saved, and I have been bought by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, it's a redemption that secured us. Aren't you glad that you're secure in the hand of Almighty God? It doesn't matter what this world has to, 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 to fight. It doesn't matter how strong the devil is. He can't break through the Almighty hand of God. You are secured in the hand of God today. But not only has He, has he bought us and He secured us, but He's freed us. Freed us to do what? Freed us to serve Him. He hasn't freed us to just twiddle our thumbs. Oh, yeah, I'm free. That's great. Oh, he's freed us to live for him. Oh, bring honor and glory to him. And to serve him. We'll see that in just a moment. We go back to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 6. 
Oh, may we dwell on this, our present freedom. Bought, secured, and set free. So the choices, the challenges, verse 19. I mean, the choices, the changes, verse 19, the challenges. Number three. Verse 19, I speak after, I speak after the manner of men because the infirmity of your flesh. Infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to what? Uncleanness. So he's talking to Christians. And he's saying you're yielding to uncleanness. You're yielding to uh, iniquity. Even so now yield your members servants to what? Righteousness unto holiness. So the challenge here is very clear. We have to make a decision. We have to make a choice. We've talked about that. Are we going to yield to the flesh? Are we going to yield to the uncleanness? Are we going to yield to uh, the iniquity, the lawlessness? Or are we going to yield ourselves members, sir, <clears throat> excuse me, servants to righteousness unto holiness. Excuse me, one moment. That's a challenge. By the way, that challenge will never go away. I don't mean to be discouraging, but it's reality. Remember, you, you, you and I do not have to live up to meeting the challenge. We need to live in Christ and let Christ live in us. We'll overcome. I have one more that God's laid on my heart. Number four. The compensations. The compensations. Look at verse 20, please. For when ye were the servants of sin, when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. The compensations. Just as we've seen the contrast between the old life and the new life, there are contrasts in what is produced It's not a matter of just living a certain way and nothing comes of it. No, the Bible says in Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Challenge us today. Let's surrender to the right master. Surrendering to the right master is going to bring fruit unto righteousness. It's going to bring fruit unto holiness. But notice the life of sin and how it's depicted. Please don't, please don't just uh, uh, think of these words, but think of how it impacts you. The life of sin. Number one, it is a wicked life. It is a wicked life. In other words, Paul says, when we live in sin, we have no association with righteousness. You see that in verse number 20? You were free from righteousness. That means you never wanted to do anything that was right. You never wanted to do anything. And I'm saying, not saying you, I'm saying us. I'm saying we. When we live in sin, the last thing on our mind is giving out a gospel track. If we're living in sin, the last thing on our mind is praying without ceasing. If we're, if we're watching, you know, ungodly television, it's going to be very hard to say that this is pleasing to God. 
if we're listening to the wrong music or whatever it may be, even for harboring bitterness in our heart or unforgiveness in our heart or whatever it may be, there's nothing righteous that comes from those things. They have fruit, but not the right kind of fruit. Look at Isaiah 64, please. Isaiah 64. Again, this is, a, this is a challenge to a believer. If we live a certain way, there's going to be a compensation. And it may not be exactly what we thought. Isaiah 64 and verse 6, But we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses. All our righteousnesses. Think of that. That's pretty humbling. Are as filthy rags. Many people believe it's in reference to the rags that lepers would use to wipe off the sores on their body and the pus. You think that rag would be very, you wouldn't see that rag sitting at the kitchen table, would you? Here's your napkin for today. And the strong language of the prophet Isaiah is, he says, that's what our righteousness is like. He says, verse 6, And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Sinful life, it's a wicked life. There's a compensation that comes with it. How about this? The sinful life is a wasted life. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but I hope that you're hearing the Holy Spirit and not me. Because there are many Christians that are living today and they are, they are free in Christ, and yet they are under bondage. They're like the Galatian Christians that were so soon removed from the law and now they've gone back into living under the power and authority of the law. And Paul said, oh foolish Galatians. What are you doing? And I would say, not from me, but I would say, I would think the Lord looks at me at times and says, Oh, foolish Ben, what are you doing? I've set you free not to live in sin. I set you free not to live like the world. I set you free to live in my in my righteousness, and live in my peace, and live in my joy, and yet you've gone back to what brings waste. What do we need today is we don't need a revival of the lost. We need a revival of the saved. We need a revival of Christians like me and Christians like you that we say there's nothing about this world that tastes good anymore. It's a waste. It brings nothing productive. Verse 21, What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? Notice that question mark. That is a powerful statement. What fruit? What do you have to show for it? Living in sin. I can tell you what fruit comes in living in sin. I'm definitely not someone who is Where I need to be in my life, please pray for me. I need to live closer to the Lord than I am right now. 
But I have, I have had people come to me and say, I've been living a certain way in my life, and this is where it's at, and this is where it's brought me to, and normally their head is down, and normally their heart is broken, and, and that's good if that happens, that they're broken over it, and there's tears there, and they're saying, I made these decisions, and this is what I did, and it's a mess. By the way, that happens 100% of the time. There's always fruit that comes in living in sin, but it's not the fruit that you or I would have chosen. So I'm trying this morning, by the grace of God, to compassionately say, surrender to the right master. Surrender to the God of heaven who loves you. Surrender to the God of heaven who who has done all things for us richly to enjoy. Paul says, what fruit had ye then in those things which are ye are now ashamed? There's no good that comes out of it at all. The sad fact is that a sinful life is a wasted life. Notice verse 23. Probably you've memorized it. It says, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Nothing good comes out of it compensation life of sin let's look at in closing the life of salvation the life of salvation here's another comparison verse 22 but now being made free from sin and become servants to God maybe you want to Maybe you want to circle all those words servants or maybe you want to put a box around them or maybe you want to underline them. Servants to God. Free from sin, servant to God. Notice, here it is again. Ye have your what? What's the word? Fruit. There's fruit when you follow Satan, but there's also fruit when you follow God. Oh, the fruit of following Satan, rotten. It's rotten to the core. Oh, with that fruit of following God, it's the best fruit you'll ever have. And it's not just for us to say, look at the fruit I have. It's to say, praise God. Look what God has produced in my sinful life when I yielded and I surrendered to him. Thinking back on my life, thinking back on your life, thinking back on your, where you were 30 years ago, thinking back on where you were 25, 35, 40 years ago, and thinking back just long enough to think, wow, it's amazing, the fruit that God has brought from my life when I was 20 years old, when you were 20 years old, what were you doing? Where were you living? What were your ambitions? You, many of you may not have even been saved yet, and yet you think about what has God. God has done some amazing things in your life and mine. He has produced fruit. We have produced nothing, but he has produced it all. Why? Because we surrendered to the right master. Fruit's going to come either way. I submit to you, let's choose to surrender to the Lord and have some good fruit for his honor and glory. Well, number one, a life of salvation, number one, is a life with purpose. A life with purpose. Oh, my, what is the purpose of being saved? What is the purpose of being free? It's right there, to become the servant of God. God, what do you have for me to do today? I'm right here. I'm ready. That's the servant, right? 
You got the towel over your arm, and you're walking around. You got your little towel. Okay, God, what do you want me to do today? You know, if it helps you to visualize things as it does me, maybe you want to get a little towel and put it by your Bible and whatever Bible study you do in the morning and just put that towel over your arm and say, God, I'm your, I'm your servant today. Please yield me wherever you want me to go. Please tell me wherever you want me to go. Please point the way. That's the way I want to walk. It's just a little simple exercise, but it might be something that helps us. You see that towel we think of, that's the surrender towel. That's the surrender towel. By the way, you're not surrendering to a master that brings, that brings about um, pain without being a purpose even in the pain. He brings it about for your good and for his glory. But as a life with purpose. Verse 22 tells us that a life lived by the power of God produces fruit for the glory of God. In other words, just as our lives were at one point a waste, now they're productive. Can you imagine taking, can you imagine taking, <clears throat> I know this is going to be a little bit descriptive, but can, can you imagine taking your food waste bin in the summertime, the food waste bin is in our shed. It's in their shed all the time because we have four-legged hairy things that run around and want to eat it except for in the winter when they're taking a long nap. I think they got up really early this year. Haven't seen one yet, but... You know, in the summertime, that food waste bin sitting in our shed, boxed up, especially when it hit, you know, 35, 40 degrees. You know what that, you know what that recycle... You know what that food bin smells like? Just leave it at that. There's nobody that would come over to my house, or if you have one of those, that we'd come over to your house, and you'd dip down into that, put it on the plate, and say, enjoy. I mean, it's the best food you've had. You know what? That's our life before Christ. Absolutely. Now, there is some value in that, by the way. If you bury it, it's pretty good fertilizer. But you know what I'm talking about. No one's going to sit down and eat that. That's just waste. That's what God took. God took me. That was me, a stinking sinner. And by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, he took something that had absolutely no value at all, and he transformed me into the most beautiful fruit basket you've ever seen in your life. I'm nothing beautiful about me, but I'm making a comparison. And if you got a beautiful fruit basket on your door uh, this morning or, or tomorrow or this week, you'd say, wow, that's a great thing. That's very beneficial. Bring that in. There's vitamin C in there. There's vitamin A in there. There's a lot of helpful things in there. It doesn't, it's, it, it, it smells really good. God didn't just pull me out of the muck and the mire of sin just to put me on the shelf. No, he saved me out of the muck and mire of sin to make me useful for his honor and glory. And the same is for each and every one of us this morning. Enables us to bear fruit for the glory of God. How? Because we're connected to the vine. It is not in me. It is not in you. John 15 will tell you about that. I'll let you jot that down and reread that passage possibly this week. Christian life is not lived out Christian life is not lived out. The Christian life is lived through. You know, you see the difference? It's not lived out. It's lived through Christ. He's the only way we can live this Christian life. It's lived through him. Then secondly, it's not only a life with purpose, but secondly, it's a life with promise. Look at verse 22. 
the second half of the verse. Ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end is what? Everlasting life. The sinful life pays with the wages of death. However, God's gift to those who trust Him is everlasting life. Hallelujah. You see, wages we know today are something that we work for. Gift is something we receive. Listen carefully. We're coming down, the final approach. A wage is something that we work for. A gift is something we receive. When we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we, became a, we become a partaker of His life. Go with me to John 5, quickly. John 5. Oh, what a comparison. Surrender. May God help you. May God help me. May God help us all to surrender to the right master. John 5 and 24, please. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation. Notice this. But is passed from death unto life. Passed from death unto life. When we came to Christ, we were that, we were that recycle bin of ook and gook and slop and all that mess that not really anything productive out of it. That's kind of just death in the pot, so to speak, if you will. But when we came to Christ, we were given life. We are no longer condemned. We don't have to earn favor. We don't have to earn His love. It's ours because He gives it to us. We are passed from death into life. Who is your master this morning? Who is your master? If it's sin, I submit to you, confess it, forsake it. Or there's nothing productive that comes out of it. I'm thankful we have the opportunity each day to make sure not to get saved again. I hope I'm not confusing you. But every day we have a, the free will to say yes to Jesus, not for salvation, but for the surrendered life of whatever His will is. The songwriter in our hymn book writes, I surrender. That's an easy song to sing. It's not such an easy song to live. What master do you have in your life? needs to be changed. What master do I have in my life that needs to be changed? Praise God we can do that by His grace.